morning, good morning. This is Stella. She's a Labradoodle. And uh, we got her for Christmas. And she has ruined our lives. <laughs> when I say we got her for Christmas, it's completely appropriate to ask why anyone would do that. I'm learning. And um, she basically came in. She chews on the coffee table. And she goes where she wants to go. She uh, thinks my shoes are chew toys. Uh, she goes potty in the house. And she barks for no apparent reason whatsoever. I cannot figure it out. Just likes to shout all the time. And, uh, and so my daughter's going to come up, and Finley's going to come up and take her. But I want to uh, just share that with you because I, I've heard that, that some people have the perspective that, um, that if they were looking down on earth, they would think that dogs were actually in a position of authority because they get carried everywhere or they lead humans around on, leash, on leashes and, and people follow them and pick up their poop. And, you know, I, I can understand that perspective why we might think uh, they are in authority. Essentially, I've spent the last several weeks trying to teach Stella one thing, and it's that she is not in charge, okay? She can't just do whatever she wants to do when she feels like it. That is the unfortunate reality for her life. And it's the same lesson that I've been trying to learn all of my life. As I look back on how I've rebelled against authority, whether it was my parents in their home, whether it was teachers in the school, whether it was policemen or government officials as I grew older and rebellious, whether it was employers who were in positions of authority over me and I didn't think what they were asking me to do was fair or right or what I would do. And even in the church, when they were calling me to something, when I came to this place and they tried to call me to something and I went home every day and I said, eh, not today, not this week, not yet. In fact, we, you and I, need to learn the same lesson today that I'm trying to teach Stella, and it's this, it's this very simple lesson. You're not in charge. There are authorities in positions over you. Let me say it different. There are people in charge of you. And I'm not talking about God. I'm talking about people in authority that God has placed in positions over you. And yes, it's gonna be a hard message. And so I started with a puppy. I'd give, you all, I'd give you all ice cream cones if I could, just, okay? So buckle up, we're gonna dive into the word. We're in this series, Can You Relate? And we're asking the question today, can you relate to authority? Can you relate to authority? Because every one of us serves under an authority and with every week there's been some word that goes with the idea, can you relate to authority? And the word this week, it might as well be a curse word, it is the S word, it's submission. That's the word that goes with, can you relate to authority? What's my response to that? It is submission. And all of us have bumped up against bad authority. Whether it's a government you disagree with, some laws that have been made that you disagree with, outcomes in elections that you didn't like, or, or maybe it's an employer that's asking you to do something ridiculous. Some of you maybe have suffered under employers, like we've seen in the news, Harvey Weinstein or Matt Lauer, those terrible situations. And some of you, it's completely by the grace of God that you're here today because you've been hurt by the church. Someone who's been put in a place to shepherd you and under the authority of God, they abused that authority and they hurt you. And you carry those scars, you wear those scars. And thank you for just trusting us this morning as we dive into the word. I'm glad that God has moved you to a place of such a healing that you would show up today and I'm thankful for that. And so as we talk about this word submission, I'm not talking about like a UFC fighter who can't breathe and he's in a chokehold and so he finally, exasperated, taps out. I'm talking about a willing, 
joyful, respectful, kind, godly submission that this book calls us to over and over and over again. As you create arguments in your mind today, I want you to look carefully at the scriptures I'm reading to you and let the scriptures answer your questions. If you forget the illustrations, if you forget the way I expound on them, just let the scriptures simply answer your question. Because the submission that we have, it comes from understanding that God has placed those in authority over us, just having a death grip on that. And let me tell you something, I have met with, I can remember one specific circumstance, so this isn't a generalization, this is a conversation that I had with one particular homeless man, and as we engaged and I sought to meet his biggest needs, it became abundantly clear to me that this guy's problem is that he hated authority so much that he wanted freedom from it to the point that he had found himself with no roof over his head. That, that he would say, hey, I choose to not be under authority, and I'd rather live on the street than be under authority. So that's one end of the spectrum, but I've also met with a man who owns a business and has hundreds of millions of dollars and built an empire so that he could spend his life trying to raise up above authority so that he could be in a position free from authority, a position in authority. If you think about it, for some of you, you came in today, this is the American dream in your mind. That you would have so much money, such an empire, that you would be above authority, figuring out how you can escape the rules, and I don't know who's better off, this guy or this guy. They both have grossly missed biblical commands and have misapplied what the scriptures simply say. We don't want to submit to authority, we want to be in authority, and it's created so much tension in the world right now. I mean, I could describe lots of things that, that would present this tension, that people are walking out of schools, fighting for gun control laws, that teachers in Virginia are on strike, in a place where it is illegal to be on strike, fighting for higher salaries, and employers like Harvey Weinstein and Matt Lauer and so many others are in the hot seat for abusing the authority that they had, and you see movements like the Me Too movement, and you see people who are angry, just completely frustrated at the president, you got hashtags like, not my president. There's so much tension that we exist in today. What do we do about it? Does this give us any answers? Can this help us? I'm going to go over three authorities that the scripture calls us to submit to today. I'm going to be in uh, 1 Peter chapter 2 if you want to turn there. We're going to look at three authorities that the scripture calls us to submit to. And, and some of you are asking, but wait a minute, is, there, is it ever appropriate not to civil disobedience? I'm going to address it, but hang on, okay? Let's, let's dive into the situation in the scripture, and then we will get there. To set this up, it's 64 AD when Peter writes this letter. Uh, he writes it to believing Jews and Gentiles alike scattered throughout Asia Minor under intense persecution. Nero is the emperor. We know lots about uh, Nero through just our history books, and we, we know this guy's a, a bad dude who doesn't like Christians. And so Peter writes this, I'm gonna start in verse 11, 1 Peter uh, chapter two, verse 11. He says, dear friends, I urge you, so there's a, I, like, listen up, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits. He, he starts out with this premise so important for us. Hey, you, you, you live in a, a world that you don't belong to. You don't belong to this world. You belong to another world, a redeemed form of this world. And so as you're passing through, pay very careful attention to the laws and do good and be good so that people would know the king that you serve and they'd honor him. It's like when I was uh, driving through a town in Oklahoma, Atoka, Hitoka, maybe you've been there. My friends warned me that from there, they say, hey, that's a speed trap, man. Be careful. 
Like they, they give out more tickets than residents on a monthly basis or some crazy stat like this. I'm like, okay. And so when, you, when, so when I'm driving through, like I'm, I'm watching for the signs. I'm, I know that I'm passing through a place I, I don't belong to and, and that they really are strict with the rules there. And so I'm, I'm cognizant of it. This is what Peter's saying. Hey, you're passing through. You're driving through this world on your way to eternity as you're driving through for a moment. Hey, just be careful. Be on your best behavior so that people would know who you serve. Submit yourselves, verse 13, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to what human authority? It says every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people, live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. That's so important, underline that. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God and honor the emperor. And so here we have a what, a why, and a how. What's the what? The what is, verse 13, submit yourself to every human authority for the Lord's sake. For the Lord's sake. The reason you do this is not to get a promotion. It's not to be liked. It's not to curry favor. It's not just when they look at you. It's so that they we know your God and glorify him. It says it over and over and over and over and over. This is the right mentality of the Christian. Why would we do this? For it is God's will. What's God's will? I want to know God's will. What's God's will for my life? Where should I work? Who should I marry? Where should I live? For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. That they would see your good deeds and glorify God. There it is again. Okay? How do I do that? Verse 17, by showing proper respect to everyone, loving the family of believers, fearing God, and honoring the emperor. But man, there's, there's, there's corrupt authority out there. What, what, why would God allow corrupt authority? Because it seems like, as I look backwards, he always has. Because lights shine brighter in the darkness. Because the juice comes out when it's pressed. So that the world can see love and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. And say, how do they have that? That's so different than those not surrendered to the world. Titus 2 verse 10 says that when we submit to authority, we make the teaching about God, our Savior, attractive. Okay, so I'm just going to give it to you so you can hear the rest of the message. Because right now, you're like, wait a minute, but I, I don't want to be a pushover. Like, that's what I think we're afraid of. I don't want to be anybody's dog telling me to sit and lay down and roll over and fetch. Go, go grab the TPS reports and bring them back. I, I don't want to be anybody's dog, right? That's what we feel. When do I not? It's really simple. It's really simple. Live as God's slaves, verse 16. So here, here it is. When obeying earthly authority means disobeying your heavenly authority, you don't submit. It's that simple. It's, it's not more complicated than that. When your earthly authority, obeying your earthly authority means disobeying your heavenly authority, you don't. But can I tell you something? How you do this really, really matters. Because we all struggle with the flesh. We all got a little bit of, I ain't doing that inside of us. I spend my time with the young adults, you know, and they're like, yeah, yeah, man, my, you won't believe me. You ready? Ready to pat me on the back, man? My boss told me to go to the strip club, and you know what I said? I said, I ain't doing that. Ah, uh -uh. No. Christ follower. You fire me if you want to. See what I did there, JP? Did you say it like that? Because I would have fired you right there. Is that, I don't know if that was the best representation of Christ right there. Is that how you did it? That's not what I see in the scripture. Let's start with the government. First one, as we relate to authority, we submit to government. As we relate to authority, we submit, we submit to the government. What does that mean? We obey the law 
and we respect those tasked with enforcing it. Okay, this is so far from where we are right now. Even those of you that think, hey, I do this really well, we still have some rebellious aspects of us. I'll just give you an example. So as I was driving through Atoka, even with the, the warnings, I got pulled over, missed the sign. You know, it's a long story, not a long story. I was speeding, I got pulled over, and um, see the, the, the blue and red lights behind me, and, and I'm so wicked. Because I did this thing, and I'm, I know none of you do this, but, but me, I immediately think, it goes, I go to one question, t- terrible question, awful question. Uh, I repent. It, it's this question. How do I get out of this? Okay, I know none of you have asked that question, but I'm sitting there asking, how do I get out of this? And so officers walk into my car, accidentally roll down the, the, the back window. See my children back there, sir? Uh, and, and in the front window, and, you know, hands on the wheel, keys on the dash, you know, I'm so sorry. Oh, was I speeding? I didn't even know that. That's not true. And, uh, and, so, and so I'm thinking, how do I get out of this? But, the, but as I'm reading this, I'm like, what, what would a, a person fully yielded to the Spirit do? First, not speed. Secondly, if I, if I truly missed it, Sir, thank you so much. First of all, I just want to say thank you for risking your life, the safety of my friends, my family, my peers, me. I, I want to thank you for your service. Secondly, you got me. I'm, I'm guilty as charged. I was speeding. Um, sign said not to. And, um, and I'm ready for whatever fine you want to give me. Like, let's go. Like, I, I deserve it. Because I broke the law. And so I should receive the consequence. And I'm ready to benefit the dear citizens of Atoka here. <laughs> and see, true freedom, it comes from submission. You can write that down. True freedom comes from submission. Not the freedom to speed, but the freedom to follow the law and avoid the fines. And so I think for most of us, you're, you're like, but I, I do. I follow, I follow authority. And, and you're probably right. You do until you think it's unfair or ridiculous or you disagree with it. At some core inside of you, like, I disagree with it. And I'm not just talking about, like, gross, like, disagreement. I'm talking about, like, who, like, the, the, the speed limit here is 30 miles an hour? Like, who would drive 30 miles an hour on this road? There's nobody else on this road. I'm not doing that. You know, and, and you're like, I've got a, but I, or parking on the wrong side of the street. And then getting frustrated that you got a ticket, you know, it's like, it's like, why would they give me a ticket? Because you broke the law. That's what happens. You're supposed to get a ticket when you break the law. And, and it's like, no cell phones in the school zone? Surely that means that I can be on speakerphone, right? And just look like I'm crazy talking to myself. Because it's it, it certainly when they say no cell phones, they don't literally mean no cell phones. That can't be what they mean. And, and so that didn't get you. Maybe this one. Uh, you can't bring candy into the movie theater? Uh, but Sour Patch Kids are like $27, and I'm not trying to take out a loan to get my kids some candy. And so they're 99 cents at 7-Eleven. Like, why wouldn't I do that? And then you teach your kids not to obey authority. You see what you just did? It's like, hey, here's a lesson. When they say those rules, they don't really mean those rules. You don't, I don't have to follow those rules. And when you grow up like me, you don't have to follow them either. We didn't think about it like that, though. It says not to use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. We would follow the law. The freedom to follow the law. And we don't slander those in positions of governmental authorities. We don't slander our president. You can express your opinion. Sure can. You can express your opinion. But you make sure, and this is the heart, the, the path of this message, and you argue, argue with the scripture, make sure your conduct is much louder than your speech. That when people see you vent and rant on Facebook, they don't write, oh, that's just what they do. They just vent and rant all the time about everything. and so blah. Or, man, if they're saying something, there must be really something here, because that person, they are excellent in everything they do. And they're constantly honoring God in everything they do. And if they've got an opinion, I want to lean in. I really want to listen to that. And can I tell you something? Why don't you make sure that you're committed to praying for your president much more than you'd post about him? 
that you would pray about him infinite, I mean, exponentially more than you would post about him. This comes directly out of 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. I urge you then, again an urging, I urge you then, uh, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, but for especially kings and all those in authority, that, they may, that we may rather live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. You want to live a peaceful and godly, godly life, the, the most, you want to live in a peaceful land, the most effective thing that you can do is pray. The most productive thing that you can do is not run to Twitter, but get on your knees and pray. It's the most productive thing that you can do is talk to the one who's in charge of everyone who's in charge and vote. Unbiased Voters Guide, freevotersguide.com. I'd encourage you to to go there. I I will tweet that out at 1.30 today. You can have that post. Go there, look, know the issues, know the candidates, freevotersguide.com. And and you're hearing this, and you're saying, yeah. But did, did, um, I mean, Peter, he didn't have to deal with Trump. Like, when he's writing this, like JP, I mean, have you seen the man's tweets? He, he's heckling a foreign ruler about the size of his nuclear button. I mean, this is, this is crazy. Peter didn't have to deal with that. You're right, he didn't. Um, he had to deal with Nero. Let's talk about Nero. He's crazy. He's not a government you know, raising your taxes or passing bad health care or going crazy on Twitter. He's a lunatic cross-dresser who is burning Christians alive on sticks outside the city. You're walking home on your day from work, and there's your aunt used as a human torch on the side of the road. That's who he's writing this about. Killed his mother, Nero, killed his mother and his first wife, married a little boy, had him castrated, and dressed him up as a woman to pretend to be his wife. Is he crazy? What kind of tweets is that man sending? And Peter has the audacity, the Holy Spirit through Peter has the audacity to say, show him honor as God's appointed. What? He just removed all of our excuses, everything you could say. But he, but he, but he. Romans 13. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. It says it twice. Listen up. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. That's three times. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. You're saying that God put everyone in position of authority? Yes. What about Hitler? Yes. Joseph Stalin? Uh-huh. Mao Zedong? Yeah. Kim Jong- Jong-un? Even him. Even Nero. Even Nero. Why? Why would he do that? Why would he let such corrupt leaders. Christianity's thrived under corrupt government. It's purified and it grows. Oppression is the garden that Christianity grows in. It's like fertilizer to Christ followers. As I said, you say, why would he do that? Why would he do that? Are you ready for the answer? I don't know if you want the answer. So that you'd be persecuted and show where your hope is in. Show who your hope is in. It's the best why I can give you. Just remember, I started with a puppy. Listen, Peter, the one pinning this letter, the man that he's saying show honor to had him crucified upside down. Had him killed. That was, that was the fruit of his obedience here. I mean that, and he got to be with God forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. 
in his kingdom in paradise. He says, honor the emperor. And so we obey earthly authorities unless it means disobeying our heavenly authority, and then we don't. We obey earthly authorities unless it means disobeying our heavenly authority, and then we don't. He goes on to write in verse 18, slaves, in reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh, even the harsh masters. And so my second point from this text is as we relate to authority, we submit to our employer. As you relate to authority, you submit to your employer. Listen, Todd did an excellent message on relating to work. If you missed it, I'd encourage you to go on the Watermark app and listen to that message. Uh, There'll be some recap here. And so it starts with slaves, masters. What does that mean? All we think about is, is the gross black eye on our country's history. When we think of slavery, right, we, we think of a racial slavery. This is not a racial slavery, very different than a racial slavery. Anybody of any color and any ethnicity could be a slave in this time. You're an indentured servant is what it is. It means that you were in debt to someone and, and you would have to pay that debt back by working for them. It was something that you agreed to do. Hey, would you give me this loan so I can get my family out of this situation and then I will come up under you as a slave. And if I don't pay off what I owe you, then my, my children will work for you. That's what it means here when it says slaves and masters. But it wasn't always a pleasant relationship because it it's, exists of sinners. And, and so there were some terrible situations. And so it writes, goes on to write in verse 19, for it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and endure it, this is commendable for God. Anybody Anybody here ever had a bad boss? Don't, don't raise your hand. Raise your hand. They might be here behind you. Um, but, but if you have, I don't know the situation. But I mean, did they, did they beat you? Because it's, because it's speaking to that. And you say, well, man, what do I do if they actually did beat me? Here's what you do. Because of where we live and because of point one and because we have a pretty great government, you call the authorities if someone beats you. You call the government officials who come to your rescue and protect you and help you. If you're in a Harvey Weinstein situation, a Matt Lauer situation, you raise your hand, you sign a bright spotlight on it, and you get help immediately because of the blessing of where we live and what we have. But, But what about the rest of us that just have bosses that ask us to do dumb things? Like changing the rows to columns or the columns to rows or, hey, I want you to change the font color or the font style here. I'm going to go ahead and need you to come in this weekend. And, uh, and, and thank you for all of that work. I'd like to go ahead and put my name on it if that's okay. What about those situations? Those, those were probably more realistic to where you Those are unfair I think that's what we're afraid of, right? Like the the cry of our heart is like, but what about when it's unfair? It's not gonna be fair. There's nothing about getting crucified upside down for being obedient that's fair. There's nothing fair about that. It's not going to be fair. When someone, this is, I hit you with some Andy Minio last week. Uh, Got to see my, music genre of choice. And so here's a little rap I wrote for you. Um, When someone tells you what to do, don't resent the what, respect the who. Write it down. When someone tells you what to do, don't resent the what, respect the who. I've adapted that from something I heard Andy Stanley say once. When someone tells you what to do, don't resent the what, respect the who. Are they in charge And are they asking me to sin? I don't know that you need to go beyond those two questions. Are they in a position of authority over me? Because then I'm going to do it unless it's sin. And then I'm not. But what if I disagree? Well, you can say, hey, I don't know that that's best. Can I present some other options to you respectfully? Like Daniel. Remember Daniel with the the food? He's like, I don't want to eat that. But what if I eat this and you could come back and you can monitor my health? You can always suggest those kinds of things. But just remember, they're in charge. 
And you know what else you can do? Because of that, number one, Texas is a higher at will state, you can leave. You can say, hey, I, don't, I, I no longer want to work here under these conditions anymore. I'm going to go find employment elsewhere. You can do that. You know what you can't do? You can't gossip. You can't slander. You can't be disrespectful. You can't dishonor them in any way. Scripture leaves absolutely no room for that. No room for that as you represent Jesus out there. Submit in reverent fear of God, not people. Colossians 3 says this. Slaves, obey your earthly masters. We've addressed what that means. Employees, obey your employers in everything and do it not only when their eye is on you to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do now, whatever you do, anything that you do, work at it with all your heart as though working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, because you know who you're serving? It's the Lord Jesus Christ you're serving. Your work, it's an act of worship to him. And can I tell you something? God distributes the promotions. He's in charge of the promotions. He chooses when you get promoted. The king's heart is like a water course in his hand. He directs it wherever he pleases. Do you see how productive prayer might be in that situation? And so do you believe that when, when you're working for God at Starbucks or in retail or at, you know, Richardson ISD or, or University Park, Independent School District or, or ABC Company or AT&T or wherever you're working, do you believe that God is the one who is in charge and that he works through bad bosses sometimes? He works through harsh environments sometimes and that it's not fair. And that, that those situations that are not fair are your greatest opportunities to show who you serve. I was in corporate America and I interviewed for a promotion. Now this promotion would, would, could be the last job I'd ever have. I, that's the way I was thinking about it. Man, if I get that job, I could do that until I retire where I was thinking at the time. And so I went to the interview and that started me on a three-year journey of fighting for that job. Three-year journey auditioning for that job. And so it was within the company that I was working for. It was an internal promotion. And, um, and we went on a hiring freeze. And then there was some turnover in management. And I kept trying to get this job. Everything I did was to try and get this job. And so here we are three years later of trying to get this job. And it's the last interview. It's the last thing to run through. It's the last hurdle to jump over, hoop to jump through. And, and I'm like, I, I'm going to leave today knowing if I got the job or not, the promotion or not. Three-year journey comes to an end today. Put on my best suit, my power tie. I show up. I, I'm meeting with the, the VP of this organization. I'm, I'm so excited. And I got people praying for me. And I walk in. And it starts out great. How are you? So great to meet you. Heard a lot of things about you. Sit down. And, and then 30 seconds in, he says this. Hey, I had the opportunity to read an email that you wrote, and I would describe it at best as less than unprofessional. That's unfortunate. Um, yeah, can you help me understand why you wrote that email? I'm not sure, sir. I don't know what email you're talking about. Well, here's what was going on is, is, is you were transitioning a customer from your organization to my organization and you told them that they shouldn't leave, that it wasn't best for them. When you know that it was best for them, I gotta think that you were financially motivated. He's out of the seat, leaning over the table at this point, face is red and there's curse words. As he tells me, I was less than unprofessional. And I'm just like, What? And I'm sitting there and I'm taking and I'm sitting on my hands and I'm listening and I'm trying to think, man, what email, what email did I send? Okay, what customer transition? I was like, there was that customer, there was that. Okay, man, what could it have been? How long ago was it? I'm asking, can you help me understand how long ago? Was, you know, I, I just, I don't remember who it was. Well, that's convenient. Yeah, you don't remember who it was, huh? And I got to thinking, I'm like, this is all a sham. Three years of my life wasted. Uh, this guy brought me here not to interview me, but to yell at me. And to punish me. And finally, I had the courage just to stand up for myself. And I, and, and I did so. I said, you know what, sir? Um, I want you to know why I sent that email. 
And I'm telling you honestly, I have no recollection of sending that email, but I think if you could pull up the email and we could look at it together, I could tell you exactly what was going on through my heart and my heart and my head and why I would send that email. And, and at least, if for no other reason, I'm going to leave here and you're going to understand the answer to your question, which is why did I send the email? I, I want you to have that answer. Can, can, you, can you find out who the customer was? I said, sure. Gets on the polycom, dials up, guy answers, Matt. Matt, who was that customer that, that JP, uh, we read that email and he sent it, he said he wanted, didn't want to change organizations, wanted to keep him where he was. Who was that customer? On the polycom, he says, you mean JD? <laughs> no, 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 that customer JP sent, remember we read it and we said it was less than unprofessional. Who was that customer? Oh, that was, uh, that was JD, sir. Okay, it must have been some other customer, some other thing, other email I'm thinking of. Th thank you. Hangs up, looks at me. Hey, we'll get back to you. What? I'm shaking. Walking back to my car, I'm like, did that just happen? That's not fair. That's not fair. You know what happened? You won't believe what happened. You know what happened? I got the job. I always just assumed he felt bad. <laughs> and about two years into it, two years into it, I finally had the courage to ask him, hey, remember, uh, remember that interview? <laughs> what is going on there? <laughs> and he said, he said, oh, yeah, that, that was a test. You only grow when you're uncomfortable, which is true, by the way. But he said, yeah, that was a test. Now, I gotta tell you something. Between you and me and the world listening, <laughs> I don't know that it was a test. <laughs> I think it was a mistake. But it was a test. It's always a test. Anytime you have a harsh situation, a difficult authority, something that's unfair, it is always a test. Always a test. How are you doing? How are you doing? He writes this letter to the church. Foreigners and exiles, strangers and aliens. It says in 17, love the family of believers. He's writing this to the family of believers. This letter is, is to those within the church. It's not even to you if you're outside the church. It's to those who are a part of the church. You say, well, has a Christian ever been uh, a Christian and not a part of a church? Historically speaking, no. No. That would, that would be confusing at best. And so my third point is as we relate to authority, we submit to church leadership. We submit to church leadership. Every now and then I'll talk to young adults after the porch and, and, uh, and I just say, you know, what church are you involved in? Whose authority are you under? And they're like, only God, man. Only God. Yeah, no, I hear you, but like, like who has God placed in authority over you? Oh, man, you mean the Holy Spirit? No, 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 like, like who's in authority? That sounds so spiritual, but it's, it's unbiblical. That God, he's placed authority over us. Peter writes about this in chapter five of the same letter. He, he says, submit yourself to your leaders, speaking of uh, or to your elders, rather. Submit yourself to your elders. Speaking of church elders, the author of Hebrews says it like this. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. And, and you hear that and you may think, well, this is really self-serving message or self-serving point, JP. Like, no, 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 you, you need to understand, I'm under the authority of the elders. Like, I, I've got double accountability. They are both my employer and my spiritual authority. And as I've got to spend more time with those men, my confidence in their authority has only grown that they, I believe, constantly seek the good of the flock that they shepherd and as I submit to them, I want to be a joy, not a burden. See, this was written in a time where the church had real authority. 
In Philippians chapter 4, there's these two women fighting. And Paul essentially says, hey, knock it off. Stop it. Stop fighting. Get along. Next. Right? Next. next. What other things do we need to cover? You guys stop fighting. Next. But, but we come up here and like, I'll just use an example, like 4B, for example. Hey, guys, would you please fill out your 4B, you know? And, and we got cute videos and like Star Wars and stuff. And, and thousands of you have, and thank you for doing that. 812 of you haven't. You're not the boss of me. Ain't got time for that. Okay. Okay. It's for your good, though. We're not just trying to give you drudgery and other things. Just trying to shepherd the flock. Just trying to do the best we can. That you would be a sheep without a shepherd. We want you to be protected. Because a Christian outside the authority of the elders is a rebel, a rogue Christian, confusing at best, not a Christian at worst. And that everyone would belong somewhere. If you're here and you're hearing this message and you know that you're not somewhere, you've been sitting here, you don't belong yet, you, you, every week, oh, I can't make that class, you know. Discover Watermark. That's the next step for you. Go to watermark.org. It's spelled out for you. We've done everything we can to make it as easy as possible for those who are committed to belonging here. Go to watermark.org. You can do that today. Don't be a sheep going astray. Return to the shepherd Verse 21, to this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. Christ, it wasn't fair. He didn't sin. He hadn't lied. And yet they hurled their insults at him and he didn't retaliate. And when he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted to him he entrusted himself to him who judges justly, his ultimate authority, his Father in heaven. He himself bore our sins in the body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds we have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. And this, this text shows Christ's amazing example of submission to authority. What was fair about the cross. It goes to great lengths to show you he did nothing wrong and he didn't retaliate. He didn't try to one-up or, or win an argument. He sat there, stood there, and endured the consequence, trusting himself. That's, that's the thing you've got to understand, but it's not fair. But, but, but God, judges, you don't have to seek revenge here all the time. Take a deep breath. God's in charge, man. Hands not off the wheel. And I know you're like, yeah, but I don't want to be anybody's dog. Do you want to be like Christ? Don't be anybody's dog. Do you want to be like Jesus? Do you want to be Christ-like? He, he died. Jesus died on a slave's cross. It was originally reserved for slaves who had broken the law. And then it was adopted by the Romans for those that were enemies of the Roman state. He died on a slave's cross. And when we don't like authority, we want to vent and widen, we want to bring others in and talk to people. He, he kept his mouth shut. He didn't say anything. He says he remained silent. In fact, when Pontius Pilate said to him, do you refuse to speak to me? Pilate said, don't you realize I have power either to free you or to crucify you? And Jesus answered, you would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. See, my dad's in charge. I don't know if you heard, but I've been healing people. Hands, feet, eyes, they can hear. What are you going to do to me unless my dad allows you to? You got to remind yourself that you're not of this world. You belong to your father's kingdom. And that people who are under the authority of God tend to be the ones who thrive under earthly authority. People who are fully under the authority of God thrive 
under earthly authority. They're the ones that, man, there's something different about that one. There's something different about that one. There's something different about that one, just their attitude. You say, well, what about this? But when do we rebel? Okay, when, okay, when, you say we're gonna get to it. When do we rebel, though? When can we, don't, aren't there examples in Scripture where people said, hey, I'm gonna obey God, not man? Absolutely. Let me give you a few. I'll give you a few. Uh, Exodus chapter one, you got Pharaoh's midwives. So you got Pharaoh, who's in charge, absolute authority. And he tells the midwives, hey, I want you to kill the, the Hebrew boys that are born. Kill them. And, and it says they feared God, and so they didn't, and they lied about it. They said, hey, they just, you know, they're having boys before we can get there. And it said that God honored that. And so if anyone comes to you and says, hey, you have to kill children or else, don't do it. And you can even lie about it if that's the situation, okay? Don't kill children. And I'm not trying to make light of that. I mean it literally. Don't, don't do that. And we go Daniel 3, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Nebuchadnezzar's crazy. He says, hey, built a statue made of gold. You gotta bow down and worship it. Sir, we just can't do that. And, and it's fine. If you wanna throw us in the fire, that's, that's fine. Our God will rescue us, even if he doesn't. We're not gonna worship anyone but him. Don't worship anybody but God. If someone tells you to worship someone else but God, don't do it, okay? Daniel three, I'm sorry, Daniel six. Daniel, you gotta stop praying. You can't pray to God anymore. You can only pray to the king, only pray to, to Darius. I'm, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Can't do that. You can feed me to the lions. My God will shut their mouth but I, I'm gonna keep praying to him. Somebody tells you don't pray, keep praying, okay? Acts chapter five, you got Peter and the apostles. The government comes to him, hey, we, we told you not to teach in this guy's name. Do not teach in his name. Respectfully, we can't do that. Gotta tell the whole world about this, this thing that we're talking about. It tends to thrive when people say things like you're saying, and we gotta keep saying it. And you can keep saying it, and you can throw us in jail. You see how that angel just broke us out, though, right? Uh, you can throw us in jail. He says this, in fact, Peter and the apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. And so when obeying your earthly authority means disobeying your heavenly authority, don't do it. And your heavenly authority may call you to stand up against that which is evil. Don't do it apart from the church. Make sure you're not just going rogue. Okay, but what we know that the only thing necessary for evil to prevail is for good people to sit by and do nothing. And so absolutely, man, just come together as the church, talk, hey, is this the time that we're supposed to? And we'll guide and lead you, protect you, help you, right? Process that with you. It's funny with, with Stella. Got her some training, talked to some trainers, dog trainers. And, they, and I'm thinking like, okay, dog training, like sit, lie down, roll over, like neighbors come over, we got some tricks to show them. And they're like, no, 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 what, what you want is you want her to look at you before she does anything for permission. That's really what you're, you're going for. You want her to know that you're in authority and that before she goes outside, she looks and asks for permission before, before she eats. She looks and asks for permission that, that she's there to, to serve your household. And, and I thought, what an amazing picture of the bond servant of Christ, that before we do anything, in all our ways we'd acknowledge him and that he would make our path straight. In everything we do, we'd look to God, is this what you'd have me do? And he would show us where to go. And it's interesting that as trainers have come into her life and that we've taken her through training, took her to training, man, had to, had to. And, and so now she's a blessing. She's a gift. She's a gift to her home. And so in summary, we, we honor God by submitting to government, our employer, and the church, every human authority, until obeying earthly authority means disobeying our heavenly authority. As I thought about who did this really well. Other than Jesus, I, I thought about a man named Jackie Robinson. He's recruited to the Brooklyn Dodgers in 1947. You may have seen the movie 42, that was his number. The movie 
critics have said it has a huge hole in it. It leaves out the most important part of Jackie Robinson, his faith. Jackie Robinson was a Christ follower. And when Ricky Branch was looking for someone to recruit to the Dodgers, Branch Ricky, sorry, looking for someone to recruit to the Dodgers, uh, there were other black athletes who were better than Jackie Robinson. He had other options that were better than Jackie Robinson. But it said, he was famously said, I'm looking for someone with enough guts not to fight back. And he chose Jackie Robinson, and it was said, this came from the Washington Post, that Jackie Robinson asked God for the strength to continue resisting the temptation to fight back or say something he would regret. And the man had a profound impact on our country. And he did so by being excellent at what he did and honoring the authority that was over him. And I don't know if you know this, but do you know that, that, the, that Major League Baseball has permanently retired the number 42? No one can wear it except on April 15th. And everyone in the entire league wears it on that day. Jackie Robinson Day, still having a profound impact on our country. And what did he do? He submitted himself for the Lord's sake to every human authority. He he knew that it is God's will that by doing good, he would silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. And he did so by showing respect to everyone, loving the family of believers, fearing God and honoring his authority. And the Lord blessed it. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you um, for the example of your son, Jesus, for, um, for the example of humans that you've sent here to be examples that we would talk about this morning who yielded to your Holy Spirit and submitted to earthly authority in unfair situations and and you blessed it. And God, there's something rebellious in us. There's something vigilante-like in us that just wants to go and make revenge for every single thing that we see unjust in this broken world that we temporarily live in. And God, would you give us wisdom and discernment? Please, wisdom and discernment. Help us to know when to and when not to. Would you direct our steps? And Father, we need your help. Would you help us to shine brightly and help us to honor you in the choices that we make? We thank you for Peter's letter and just the way that so relevant still to, in 2018, still relevant, that we would apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.